Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you all here today. You're not supposed to see me, though. This is Camel Sunday. Some of us have that kind of stuff. Some of us don't. That's okay. We're still glad you're here. And this is also our fellowship dinner. And it's called Road Kill What? Meal. Road Kill. All right. Well... I gotta talk about that for a little bit, can I? <coughs> we just missed it last month, September 28th, 29th, in Marlington, West Virginia, to help to revive their economy in that little town of a thousand people. They uh, they had this festival, and and uh, well, let me get them tangled here. And so this year, this last month, they had 15,000 people in that little town. Eating road kill. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that's pretty good. Well, I, I just, because of uh, that, why I thought, well, you all know uh, Jeff Foxworthy. Um, I, you know, the camel and the road kill, it just kind of lends itself to Jeff, see? <laughs> Don't you think? You're a redneck if. You consider fifth grade your senior year. You're a redneck if your dad walks you to school because you're both in the same grade. Uh, you're a redneck if you mow your front yard and you find a car. <laughs> You're a redneck if your truck is, your other truck is made by John Deere. Uh huh. And, and oh yeah, you're a redneck too. If the color of your car is Bondo. You're, you're a redneck if you have five cars that are not mobile and a house that is. <laughs> uh, this one gets me here. You're a redneck if you think the last words to the Star Spangled Banner is, gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> One more. This is gross. It's roadkill. So there were three rednecks walking down the county road, country road. They find a dead opossum that have been run over. Their first redneck says, hey, that looks tasty. The second redneck says, I, I don't much, I'm not into a possum. Third redneck says, I, I, I'm waiting for something better. So the first redneck eats the possum. Then down the road they find a dead rabbit. The first redneck says, he's full. So the second redneck says, he likes rabbit. And the third redneck says, he's still waiting for something better. So the second redneck eats the rabbit. Okay, I'm just kidding. 
All right, I have to say that just before. Okay. Yeah, here we have the three rednecks. Here we go. Further down the road, the first two rednecks who ate the possum and the rabbit start barfing like crazy. The third redneck says, finally, a nice warm meal. <laughs> Now, you have to do that because I had forgotten that the, this was Camel Sunday and our dinner, and so, uh, and I did prepare a sermon for that. And so Lloyd said, well, just put a couple of jokes in front of it, to redneck, or, and so that's the reason you got that. All right. Now let's get to business here. Thank you for humoring me. This sermon is entitled, Nothing in the Closet. It's taken from Hebrews chapter 4, 12 through 13. I'm going to talk about the Word of God today, what it means to us, what it is, what it does, how it affects us, the Word of God. The Word of God is the divulger, the life giver, the activator, the slicer, and the judge. Now, please bear with me. These are words I kind of made up on my own. And so I, I think you'll understand them better once we get going here. Nothing in the closet. There's a lot of things in the closet, isn't there? If you're to go to my home, you know, better yet, better yet, in, in college days. That's, that's a better illustration, I think. Well, that was not too bad. But anyway, uh, in college days, they were sitting in the door, and at any time, any time of day or night, they make a difference what it was, the dorm father can come on the, the floor, and he, can, he has a master key to every room, and he can come inspect our rooms. Well, invariably, he would stick his head in the door and look both ways, somebody would see him and they would holler out, room inspection. So my roommate and I would pick everything up and throw them in the closet and shut the door in the closet and sit down and act like we're studying, like nice little boys ought to do. And he would commence, wow, I wish everybody else was like this. And Jim Croats was his name. He said, I, I sure hope he doesn't open those closet doors. He'd be in trouble. But anyway, a lot of things are hid in the closet. Now, we're not dealing with having no clothes in a literal closet, but we're dealing with the person that you and I are, real or not. Let's read Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. What God has said isn't only alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. His sword can cut through the, our spirits, our souls, through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and thoughts of our hearts. The NLT says it this way. For the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than, than the sharpest two-edged sword, <coughs> cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Then verse 13. And there's nothing made which is not completely clear to him. 
There's nothing covered, but all things are open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Another translation says it this way, nothing is hidden from God. He sees through everything. And we will have to tell him the truth. Nothing is covered. It's in plain sight. And you know what? A real Christian lives that way. What a refreshing, happy, joy-filled life when we can just be open. Uh, people say we're an open book. Uh, look right through us. This is the way a Christian lives. What a refreshing way to live. We don't have to hide anything. I am who I say I am. My motives are proven by the words I speak and the actions I do. Well, what is the word of God? Let's look to God and a word of prayer. Father, you are so good to us. You've left us a roadmap. You've left us the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin and to through your word. God, thank you for this. Thank you for each one who's here today. Bless our time together. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. The word of God is the divulger. The word divulge means to be uncovered, unveiled, clearly seen and understood, completely revealed, nothing hidden. In our verse 13, we just read in Hebrews 4, tells us that the word of God divulges everything about us, nothing is left hidden. Illustration. A hunter kills a deer. They hang it up, they skin it. What does the hunter do then? Once he's got the hide off of it. I'll tell you what he does. He looks to see where the hole is. Where the bullet went through or where the arrow went through. How, how good did it work? How, how well did it do its job? It, nothing is hidden. A criminal being led to the gallows with the executioner holding a knife to the throat so the criminal face will be exposed to all Usually they cover, they lower the head and don't want to be seen, but the executioner would hold the knife to the throat. Hold his head up so everybody can see who this was. Why do they perform autopsies? To divulge everything. What happened with this person? What happened that made them die? How about the law that posts pictures up in the Newspapers of sex offenders. Openness. What did Adam and Eve do after they ate the fruit? They sinned. Well, they tried to hide themselves. They, they made fig leaves for clothes and, and they went and hid in the bushes in the garden. Tried to hide. They cover up to dodge, to disguise, to pass the blame or make excuses. You know what Adam did? When God fell then? What Adam said? Well, John, you know what? That woman you did? She's the problem. Was she? No. But we still try to do that. Try to hide. We try to blame somebody else. Remember the story when Moses went up to Mount Sinai and, and, and to get the Ten Commandments. He's up there 40 days. All the Israelites are on the mountain at the bottom. Uh, 
didn't know what happened to him. They got a little bit anxious. And they said to Aaron, Aaron, we don't want to happen to Moses. We need something to worship. So they just came out of Egypt, remember? And there in Egypt, they all worshipped golden things and golden idols and all kinds of stuff. And, and so they wanted something to worship. So here comes Moses down off the mountain. He saw what the people were doing. He threw the Ten Commandments written on stone and they shattered the pieces. And Moses said to Aaron, Aaron, what did you do? You know what Aaron said? Aaron says, now Moses, you know how wicked these people are. And he said, all I did was tell them to bring all their gold and when he threw all their gold in this fire, and guess what? Out came this cow. Behold, imagine that. I'm not to blame. You read about that in Exodus chapter 32. We hide under a new name. We blame the way we were raised. Well, I can't help myself. That's the way I was raised. The Word of God exposes everything. Friend, we can't hide anything. Don't even try. We can't hide a thing. God sees right through us. And the Word of God does that. John talked about this morning. The Apostle Peter was around the campfire warming himself in, in sight of Jesus. And... Uh, after he denied Jesus three times and the, and the rooster crowed and he went out and wept bitterly. These are thoughts he may have had. Jesus is right. I am the coward. I am the coward. I denied him three times. How can I ever face him again? I can imagine his guilt was so big. But you know what? Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 says, There is none righteous. Not even one. You know what that includes? Or who that includes? You. That includes me too. We're, uh, <clears throat> we're in the same boat. He's right about you and me also. There are none righteous. And then we come back and say, How can he love me? And care for me, the wicked person I am. The Word of God does that. It exposes everything. What I think. What I do. What I say. What my motives are. The Word of God exposes everything. And yet God still cares for us. For you, for me. We sang about that today. God's grace. That's what that is. Number two. The Word of God is the life giver. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. I came, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The Word is alive. Indestructive. And generates new life. I... I love Wyoming, but there are places in Wyoming that uh, are pretty desolate. 
You drive for miles and you see this little stuff growing about that high. And just as dry as can be. No green, it's all brown. And... Well, the Word of God is alive and indestructible and, uh, and it generates new life. 1 Peter 1 23. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. The Word of God gives life. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will come to an end, but my words will not come to an end. Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ, for it's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first, and also the Gentile. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad to be alive today because of the Word of God. It brings life. It gives life. And what joy that brings. There is life in the womb of a young lady here today. Got a week and a half left. She's ready. <laughs> but you know what we're expecting? I mean, it's a tough time for her. But guess what we're all expecting? A new one. It's worth it. The Word of God brings life, and we love that. Number three, the Word of God is an activator. The word means to energize. In fact, the Greek word is energes. It transliterates into energize. The Word of God does something. It's never passive, idle, or non-abrasive. The verse says it's active. It is inspired by God, and God breathed every word of it. In Genesis account, God spoke the word, and guess what happened? It appeared. There it was. Man, when you look at the devastation the hurricane Matthew is doing, that's simply amazing. And I saw the other day a, a thing about warning California because they're warning them about the great earthquake where that's all going to fall off into the ocean. Well, okay, that, those are tragic things for us, but God just spoke and everything came to be. Here it is. And then he spoke again, took some dust from the earth and made us, you and me. The Word of God is an activator. And it's not just any action, it's an effective action. It makes a difference in us. It changes us. Uh, I had a, uh, years ago, I had a 1947 Harley Davidson, 125cc. That's one cylinder. It had rubber bands for suspension. 19 inch wheels, big, huge things, and, and uh, you can wrap that thing out. It only had three speeds. You wrap it out, 
And I mean, it sounds like it's going like crazy and didn't have a muffler on it. Just, just, I mean, it sounds like you're going real fast. Well, one day one of my buddies was uh, getting ready for school and I was going hunting that morning and so uh, I decided to sit at school. I did that often. Anyway, so I rode my motorcycle out. So my buddy, uh, the next day at school, said, hey, I saw you leaving this morning. I heard this motor coming, I thought, man, that thing's going fast. He says, I looked out there and you just barely moved. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the truth. I think 30 mile an hour was a top speed on that thing. Anyway, it wasn't just action. When God speaks, it's effective action. It changes us. Friend, listen to me. It's not just a list of rules or a sheet of paper or written on a stone, but it is a, may I use this word? Governor in the soul of all who love God. And the Second Corinthians passage, uh, chapter 3, it talks about how that the, today God's word is not written on stone, but on the heart. So what does that mean? It's active. So what does that mean? Well, it means that it proves itself. It works its way out. And it changes how we treat others. John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove the world to the world that you are my disciples. This love is agape love. Agape type love that means to forgive, be long-suffering with each other, but listen to me, please. Agape love is a type of love that will confront. Let me illustrate. You do not take your child out on Highway 34 and let them cross on their own. You don't if you love them. Now, if they try crossing Highway 34 on their own, not on stoplight, if you love them, what are you going to do about that? Oh, hey, we shouldn't do that. No, no, let's, let's, hey, let's don't do that, okay? You know what I'd be doing? I'd be jerking their arm off, getting them out of there. Because why? It's, it's their own harm. I love them. And I'm going to hold them accountable. Care enough and love enough to confront. And the Word of God is just that way. It's an activator. It promotes this type of love. To care enough for each other to confront. Number four. The Word of God is a slicer. <laughs> Sharper than any two-edged sword. The idea here is not so much that it separates, but it's penetration. Very keen edge, and in one swipe you can cut. Now, I've had LASIK eye surgery. And the uh, doctor told me, now you're going to not, you'll see a few things about on your eye and above your eye. And, and then you're going to smell the laser burning some of your eye. 
But before you come in here, you need to take this little tiny pill. What was it called, Janet? Valium. Valium. Uh, pills and me don't get along very well. Uh, uh, <clears throat> any Valium I've never taken before in my life, and just I'll never do it again. But anyway, <laughs> he said they, they take the top layer of your and cut it right off. And they put it back over. Once they burn up some of your limbs. Well, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but it's so sharp, it's so keen that it's not even felt. So sharp. The Word of God's that way. Many do not like Bible preaching or study because it's too revealing. It gets through all the excuses, all the reasons, and exposes what is really true. Why we said what we did. Why we acted the way we did. Humanly speaking, the truth may not be revealed. The court systems, training, attorneys, all those uh, guys can try to figure out what the truth is, but let me tell you something. The Word of God, when it's allowed to penetrate, brings out the truth. There's no doubt about it. Now, we have our opinions about O.J. Simpson. Don't we not? And we have our opinions about different things that's happened. And, and uh, I'm not going to get into political stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. We may never know. And we can even deceive ourselves with our own lies to cover up. But letting the word penetrate the mind and the heart of anyone, and the truth will be known. Most of the time, it's just a matter of pride and arrogance that's got to slice through. Number five, the word of God is the judge. Here's the verse. John 12, 48. He who puts me on one side and does not take my words to heart is not without a judge. Let me translate that. Just because I don't want to study the Bible and I don't want to hear what God has to say about the way I'm living, the way I'm thinking, the way I'm talking, doesn't mean you don't have a judge. Just because I choose to do away with and put that on one side, it doesn't change things. The rest of that verse says, the word which I have said will be his judge on the last day. It's the God's word. It's the word of God that's going to judge us. It states what is right and wrong. Uh, we can know definitely what is righteous and what is sin. It directs how to recognize our unbelief in ourselves if we are brutally honest. It reveals who we really are. I can ask the question, will the real you please stand up? First Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 says something to us that our conscience can be seared. Uh, let me try to explain that. Searing. When they, when people brand cattle or whatever, you see what they've done? You've been, the, you, you've noticed that, I'm sure, that they take this hot iron red hot iron and stick it on their hide and it stinks and smokes and everything else. 
And it took for a couple of weeks, pretty bad. Oh, it's a big old scab there and everything. But after that, guess what? Heals up. It's a scab. But it has no feeling. It's calloused. It's, uh, it's seared. And for us, it could be it lost all feeling. It could be a, a secret sin, a sex sin, cheating or being a thief of some way. Well, let me tell you something, friend. There's no way to hide anything. There's no reason to hide anything. We are dealing with God. He sees everything, but He still cares for us and pleads with us to surrender and come clean. There's nothing in the closet. God's word is the divulger, the life giver, the activator, the slicer, and the judge. My question for you today is this. Is there anything you're hiding in your closet? If there is, what a miserable way to live. You're miserable. God did not intend us to live that way. We can, leave, we can live with the Word of God guiding us, convicting us, and we accept that, and we can live a happy, joy-filled life. Let the life giver give you hope and energize your life. Stories told. A man was staying in a motel in Miami by the airport. And there's really a foul smell in the room. And he thought, well, you know, I'm just going to be here for one night, so no big deal. He slept there that night. And uh, he got up the next morning and told uh, the attendant the next morning the smell. And I said, okay, we'll check it out. Come to find out the cleaning lady found a dead body underneath the bed. Yuck. I can't imagine sleeping with that kind of a smell. But it got divulged. It got opened up. We could see what the real problem was. Right now, right here this morning, none of us are righteous. Not one. I'm included big time. But we have a God that wants to save us and is willing to save us and wants to love us anyway with all of our sin, with all of our deceit, with all of our lies, with all of our things we've done. We still have a God that loves us and wants to save us and wants us to be in heaven with Him forever. Friend, I don't know where you are today. But I want to encourage you to let the Word of God get in there and make something of your life. Clean it out so you can live a joy-filled life. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate it very much. closet.
The infamous closet. Ah, man. I've got a few of those in my house that need to be cleaned out. But, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about our heart, talking about our soul, talking about what's, what's inside. And uh, getting that cleaned out feels so good to be empty of all of that junk and all of that garbage that we tend to carry around. Uh, once again, I want to challenge you. To empty out that closet. Take, take what it is inside and, and let God take hold of that and, and pull it out of there and make you a clean uh, holier person um, be a great thing. Thank you for being here this morning. It's been an awesome, awesome morning. Uh, it's been good to see everyone. Thank you for making an effort to be here. And uh, it's, been, it's been a great morning so far. We've got lots of great things coming still. Um, Sunday morning, uh, we always break up into small groups. As, sun, as soon as we're done uh, here, we'll dismiss with prayer. We'll break up into small groups. We'll set up some chairs in the corners of the room here. and The adults can break up into small groups and and have some discussion over what we just heard. And um, also, as soon as we dismiss, the kids have classes that they can go to. And um, age-appropriate classes, each teacher will take their class um, to a classroom here in the building and um, have, have uh, some, some good stuff there. So we'll do that just as soon as we dismiss. Also, I don't know if you can smell it or not, but the roadkill is actually smelling quite nice this morning. Um, so there's lots of crockpots back there and uh, lots of food being cooked. And so you're welcome to join us. Uh, immediately following discussions and our, our um, kids' classes, come back in and, and join us for uh, some good food. Uh, we'd love to have you um, join us for that. Also, this afternoon, we have our ministry team meetings. Um, I believe those will probably start around 12.30. depends on how, how long it takes to eat all this roadkill. Um, about 12.30 this morning, we'll start those um, meetings. 12.30, 1 o'clock, and 1.30. What are those this morning or this afternoon? What, what order are we going in? Children's education? Evangelism first, children's education, and then um, church fund team. All right, so if you want to be a part of any of the one of those ministry teams, um, that'd be fantastic if you can stick around. Also, we had scheduled this afternoon, you may have seen in your bulletin, um, we've had, had scheduled this afternoon to go out on uh, Highway 402 and, and clean up trash. Um, and I, we have failed to, I have failed to get those big orange bags that you're supposed to collect it in. And so we're going to have to postpone that or we'll have to reschedule that for another time. So be aware of that. Also, Wednesday night coming up this coming Wednesday night, uh, we have Wednesday night service at 7 o'clock. And um, so be uh, aware of that. This Wednesday is, I believe, Admissions Wednesday. So that'll be a good time on Wednesday. Uh, what did I forget to mention? Anything, anything, announcement or anything I need to mention before we dismiss? All right. I've got one more thing I want to mention. And um, there's some flyers back on the table, and there's also little cards that you can take with you. Uh, parents, we have an obligation to our children, similar to jerking their arm out of their socket as they try to run across Highway 34. Um, we have an obligation to have a conversation with our children uh, about a very uh, intense subject. And um, it's the birds and the bees talk, you know what I'm talking about? We are going to do a series uh, in just a few weeks, starting November 13th. It'll be a four-part series. It's a video series with discussion, and it's all about the whole talk, the whole talk, the whole sex talk, all right? And uh, this is for the parents, parents, grandparents, anybody that's involved with children at all. 
Um, this is a great opportunity to get some good information and a good way to, uh, and good, good information about how to communicate with your child about those things. Uh, there's a link on the card here uh, that you can go to and check out some more information on it and also RSVP if you, if you plan on attending, okay? So those are back there on the, on the table. It's also up on our website, so you can access it that way. So we definitely appreciate all of you uh, being a part of that. That'll be uh, November 13th is when it starts. It'll go the 13th and then consecutive Sunday nights at 5 o'clock for, for those four weeks. Um, we also have, uh, not this, this, then not this Sunday, but next Sunday, we'll have our couples class, our blended family class, um, and our Proverbs classes on Sunday afternoons um, starting next Sunday afternoon. We'll have two more of those before we dive into this, um, to the uh, series, the talk series. All right. What else? What else do I need to mention before we dismiss? Oh, do you have it up? Oh, I don't know if I can do that right this second. We have pictures of the kids. I'll try to work on it in the next few minutes. Um, the kids last night, we went on a hike. The youth group went on a hike last night, a night hike. And uh, we left at 6 o'clock from the building here, and it got dark on our way up there. And we hiked all the way to the top of Horsetooth Rock last night. And um, all the kids made it, and um, it was an amazing time. The view from up there last night was absolutely amazing. And um, so it was a good time. So I'll try to get some pictures up on the screen um, after we dismiss. So we'll have about four or five minutes to mill around and, and greet one another and talk. And then everybody can, the kids can go to class and we'll break up into small groups. All right. Any questions or any other comments or ideas that I need to share before we dismiss? All right. Let's be standing. We'll close in a word of prayer. Thanks once again for being here with us this morning. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, we thank you so much for uh, being our God, for allowing us to be part of, of, of who you are. And I thank you for the ability that your word has to clean out our closet. God, I hope, I hope and pray that we will take the courage and take the energy and the effort that is necessary on our part to allow you to clean out our closet. God, thank you for your word and thank you for what it does for us. And God, I pray that we'll once again utilize that and uh, allow you to, to take that burden from us, to take all that junk off of our plate, out of our closet, so that we can leave, live this free and um, wonderful life with you. God, I thank you so much for allowing us to be, um, and once again, a part of your team and allowing us to um, experience uh, who you are and be with you uh, like we are. God, thank you again for everyone making an effort to be here this morning. God, I pray that you'll bless each and every one for being here. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.